Chapter Two of Roman Collar Detective by Grace and Harold Johnson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Two. Throughout the early evening, the day's heat continued to radiate from the ground. Father Kearney felt it as he walked through his garden toward the school grounds. He stopped to admire his flowers now at their best. A bit of rain would do them good, he thought. Then, as he heard the hammering and voices from the schoolyard, a gentle smile formed on his lips. Here he was wanting rain for his garden, and two days without rain for the festival at the same time. The good Lord must be hard put to satisfy the desires of man. He took out a handkerchief and mopped his hot face, and pushed back his dark grizzled hair. Though not broad, his forehead was the broadest part of a long, thin face. His shoulders had a slight stoop, giving his six-foot frame a shorter appearance. After lingering a moment in his garden, although he was tired and warm, he stepped quickly across to the festival site. Here he walked smilingly among his parishioners with a nod and a greeting. A carp purring softly crept up behind him. He stepped aside. "'Try my best to run you down, Father,' John Linton called. "'I'd like to see you after a bit when I deliver this pipe.' Father Kearney smiled and nodded. "'I want to see you, too.' He followed the Linton car until it stopped. Then he stood aside while Linton untied two lengths of pipe and handed it to the waiting helpers, who added these lengths to the framework of the Ultra Society booth. A canvas roof, canvas sides, two boards for a counter, a bit of bunting, and the stand would be complete. That does it, Linton said as he turned to Father Kearney. It doesn't take long to get the booth up once you get the frame. We had to replace the two lengths of pipe that Harry Dutton snitched. What's that? Linton told him how the pipe had been used for the water fountain. Father Kearney smiled. It was a case of Dutton robbing Peter to pay Paul. No real harm done. Linton nodded, took out a pack of cigarettes, and offered it to the priest. No thanks, John, not now. You should cut down on them, too. You're smoking too much. I know, Linton replied, lighting one. Sometimes I think I'm really going to cut down, and I do, for an hour or two. And then I get all steamed up about something down at the office, like that editorial on the reservoir I wrote for today's paper. Did you read it? Yes, I wanted to talk to you about it. Let's go where there's less noise. Side by side they followed the dusty path they had walked so many times before, toward the heavy screen of pines which marked the boundary between the church property and the Linton home. The smell of the pines hung heavily in the warm air. Linton broke the silence. What do you think of the editorial? Father Kearney frowned. Unless you are holding back some of your ammunition, you could be in for a libel suit. When you name names in an editorial as strong as that one, you may expect things to happen. That's what I want. Action. And I want it to our way of thinking. I only used one barrel. The other's still loaded. You held back some of the facts? Yes. Why? I believe that Ted Ford Wilson will be around to find out how much more I know, and when I tell him, he'll take the pressure off. Then the dam and reservoir will be built beyond Hart's Corners, where it should be built, and not down the air. Linton swept his arm in a circle to include the parish land, sloping away toward Willow Creek. In the silence that followed, the two men could hear the birds in the trees settling down for the night. I took time yesterday, Linton continued, to drive to the courthouse in Crescent City and learn that all that low scrubland across the creek belongs to Wilson's son-in-law, Don Tomlinson, 
Of course that means Wilson put up the money and merely tried to cover up by having the property bought in Tomlinson's name. The deal was put through just last February. And you think Wilson will stop putting the pressure on now that you know he owns the land on the far side of the creek? I think so, Father. Father Kearney was silent for a moment. I wish I could agree with you, John, but I'm afraid I'll have to content myself with the lake down there below our property. It would probably look very nice. You going back on me, too? No, I'm only trying to reconcile myself to second best. I'm not going to allow the second best to happen if I can help it. I'm going to fight Wilson until he's licked. My paper does mold public opinion, and public opinion is hard to beat. A lot of people will have their say now that they know the land is no longer part of the old Manning estate. A blind man can see what Wilson is up to. Once the people have their eyes opened, they'll understand that there's conniving going on between Wilson and the commissioners. Yes, and no, John. People are very lethargic. They're hard to stir. Furthermore, a lot of people will admire Wilson's cupidity in buying up that land cheap and selling it at a high price, if he succeeds in doing that. Linton dropped his cigarette butt and ground it viciously with his toe. He'll not succeed if I can help it. Hart's Corners is where the reservoir belongs, geographically, economically, and for the sake of the future of Galton. That's all true, but Wilson is the political boss, and the commissioners will do as he says. Maybe, father, unless the people get so incensed that they stop it. I intend to see that they do. He paused a minute and looked out into the night. It's true, father, what you said about people admiring Wilson's cupidity. Some will, and that same group will use this as further proof that I'm a screwball, that I didn't want to cash in on what I own on this bank of the creek. But I can't see it. This local watershed isn't large enough to meet future demands, and there's no use in sinking a lot of the people's money into a reservoir here. Linton reached to light another cigarette, a warm smile moving in to crowd out the fighting expression which had previously been on his face. I've never said anything before to you, Father, about this, but I've always had in mind to make that strip of bodden land down there into a park area with outdoor stations of the cross. It was something my mother always talked about and something she wanted. Often when I was a boy and we'd walk along the creek, she'd point to some of those big glacial rocks and say, now, wouldn't that be a nice place for a little shrine for one of the stations of the cross? I'm going to fight to keep the creek and its banks the way it is, but either way it goes, the church gets the land. However, I'm not deeding that creek bank property over until this thing is settled. I don't want St. Mary's dragged into this reservoir site brawl. If the commissioners decide to go ahead as Wilson wants, then you'll get a check for what I get for the property. But if they build the dam at Hart's Corners, where it should be, you get the deed to the land on the side of the creek. Father Kearney was thoughtful for a moment. That's very generous of you, John. God will bless you, and I hope you beat the politicians and see your mother's wish fulfilled. End of chapter 2